Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. We do this thing on Monday evening called Game Face. Welcome. And if you're right now tuning in because you're trying to figure out how to get the truck lug nuts off of your wheel, you are on the wrong podcast. And if you are trying to get your recipe for quiche, For tonight's meal, you are on the wrong (laughs) podcast. However, if you are trying to get insight into local San Francisco Bay Area sports, you are on the right podcast. And if you're trying to get insight on national sports, you just put your game face on. As I said before, I'm Richard DeRez Ewing. I'm with my co-host, Mike the Shoe Schumann. Mike, what do we got? Well, we got uh, another ex-49er, two-time Super Bowl champion joining us today, uh, cornerback Daryl Pollard. We're just talking. He's the first guy we both know that was born in Maine, Ellsworth, Maine, uh, <laughs> back in 1964. Went to Weber State and Colorado Springs in high school. Won two Super Bowls with the 49ers uh, in the late 80s, played for Tampa Bay, and ended his career with the Sabercats as a, a DB and a wide receiver. And, Daryl, thanks for taking some time for us today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that, that, that had everything to do with Todd Shell. He asked me to come help him out a little bit and be an ex-teammate. Oh, I just right. went over there for one little year, and I rolled out of there after that. Oh, that's right. All right, before we get to I do a little business here, and, and we got so many things going on right now in sports. And I, myself, I like to put a little wager out there every now and then. Did bet when I was playing. But, uh, you know, we got the World Series uh, playoffs going on, NBA finals, football. So for game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So if you want to make that bet, head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, DP, they went, uh, went on the road two weeks ago and uh, with an 0-1-1 record, won two games on the road, beating the Jets and the Giants. And uh, with so many injuries, they had 15 undrafted free agents playing yesterday against the Giants. You and I are both undrafted free agents. So what that says to me is John Lynch and Kyle have done a great job at adding depth to this championship team. And uh, they looked pretty good yesterday. What'd you think? You know what? Um, It it was kind of scary yesterday because when you put a whole bunch of hungry guys out there and you got the right chemistry, there was a lot of jitter that probably the first seven minutes I saw 
If we were playing Seattle, that first seven minutes, the game could have possibly been out of reach right. just because how well Russell's playing right now. But once Mullen started hitting them off, you know, hitting those shots and hitting guys underneath, he had no fear. And when you have a quarterback, and I'm going to – people going to get pissed off about this, but, you know, Jimmy G is a high pray, high price, you know, great-looking guy, but he seems like he just holds on to the ball and stares down his one or two receivers. And it was just amazing seeing a guy that is feisty, you know, he's – he, he's looking left, he's looking right. He's doing the Joe Montana thing without anybody telling him that's what he's doing. I mean, he's seeing other receivers down the field. And then you flip side, you got defensive players that here's my chance. They're just going like balls out. I mean, guys are putting it on the line. And so it, it, it looks very promising. The only part about this, you, if I had anything to think about, and Richard, you may agree to this or you may not, this is still preseason. Yes. We haven't had a preseason yet. Right. So we, you know, we got we got four weeks plus two weeks to get it right. So right. basically, we're not going to see the real season until about six, seven weeks into it. After all the injuries calm down, who you know may come back, and how these teams really come come to the end to really develop. That's what I see right now. Well, I'll tell you something, Daryl. I, I think you're absolutely spot on because you you have to consider the fact that you know a, a lot of these players, like you said, they they've been you know on the second team haven't had a shot, haven't had a chance to be, you know, on camera, you know, in front of, you know, the world, so to speak. And so it's like, okay, now they got their shot and it's here. And Mullins, you're right, he, he balled out. Because I personally, I didn't think he was going to be able to do at least 300 yards. He balled out. He almost did, you know, 350, 360. But, but when you have, you know, that type of situation, yeah, guys are going to show up. It's like, look, you know what? Look, I, I get to play. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. At MetLife Stadium, yeah, they're going to jump at that opportunity. And I think that's what happened. I think you're right. I think the sixth or seventh game into the season, guys will be able to look at who they're playing against, who they're not playing against. They'll be able to check themselves and say, okay, by, by the way, we played well against this team, played well against that team. But guess what? You know what? This team, you know, they, they kind of gave us, you know, some, some problems. And then they'll be able to, to look and say, and even Shanahan will be able to look and say, okay, you know what? These are the right guys we need for this particular game, and, and these are the guys that still need some work. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, you may add to this. I mean, we know what it's like to have the favorite guys. You know, Ronnie got sent on the blitzes all the time. He got to hang out in the middle and do what he wanted to do. You know, Jerry was the main guy he threw the ball to. John Taylor just showed up when they asked him to. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Right now, the coaches don't have a favorite player. And so everybody's getting the chance to shine, which is pretty phenomenal for the players. And I would have to believe everybody's talking about not having people in the stands. Uh, I would, I, to me, that's, that's even gives you more opportunity to take risks because you're not hearing the boos and the cheers so much. You're just dealing with your teammates, which is what you do in practice all the time. We're hearing it, and I don't know if they're hearing the stadiums because I'm not there, but the whole cheering a whole bit doesn't, we know it's artificial versus what it really could be. Right. All right, let's, uh, let's go back to Mullins. Uh, he was 25 of 36, 343, as Richard mentioned, a touchdown. But 10 different receivers caught passes, six different receivers on third down caught passes. So what you're saying is exactly what I've been saying. He goes through his progression. Jimmy's a little bit of a one-look guy, and then he gets a little jittery in the pocket. Yeah, and, you know, it drives, I think, 
Kyle crazy, I think he let uh, Nick go more than he does Jimmy. You know, because Nick was throwing the ball down the field. He sees what Kyle's trying to do. And, you know, you got a guy making maybe 800 to a guy making $25 million. That's got to drive a guy crazy, too. But I would sit Nick – I mean, I would sit uh, Garoppolo out Sunday night against the Eagles just to let that ankle heal. And it's a business. He's going to be the starter no matter what Nick does the rest of the way because of the money he's making. But I'd keep him and Kittle down one more time. They're going to see how they are on Wednesday. But would you play him and risk it? As you said, we're still in the preseason. I wouldn't risk those two key players uh, for the stretch because now uh, everybody's 2-1 and one except Seattle in their division, so they're right back in it. Personally, I mean, is it a risk or is it not? I don't know. We're talking about a guy getting his reps versus a guy not getting his reps. And the guy that tends to not getting his reps – which is Mullen, he's showing that he can come right in and do it without having right. to get those reps, right? So when you're, when you're faced with that big dilemma, I mean, I don't know, what, what, where is the value? Like, is there going to be a point where you're going to trade, Jimmy? I mean, hmm. I, I don't know what you do in this. I, I don't, there's That's too much tough. money to do it, but I don't know what you do in this situation. And then you look at all the guys that were coming out and all the guys that have come out from college it's he's got to start doing a little bit better than what he's been doing for the money that he's making. You know, the pretty face and the pretty teeth don't work all the time. We, we, this game is about tennis, you know, it's about touchdowns, right? And right. being, you know, commanding. I, I don't know. I just, I watch the game and it seems like everybody's chest kind of gets a little bit more air in it on offense when he comes into the huddle. I think they I, I don't see that. Yeah, I really do see a lot of, you know, he brings a lot of positivity there. And, um, you know, there, there may be a controversy somewhere down the, down the line. I mean, you know, we, we were able to afford because it wasn't as high price to players, not even close, not even a scratch, you know, right. of what these guys are making now. But, I mean, at one time, you got to think, we had Joe, Steve, and Bono. They weren't chump change. Trust no. me, they took a big chunk of the cap. Just Joe and <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Right. Just Joe and Steve alone, you right. know? So when you sit back and you think about it from that perspective, uh, there's a part of me that wished that they weren't scared they would have grabbed Cam because I think that would have made it real interesting. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. Well, some, I, some positions you challenge and try to make guys better, and other ones you try not to scare them. I, I don't know. Well, Daryl, you know, one of the things that – is scratching the back of my mind is the fact that, you know, because Mike touched on it. Okay, here you have a guy in Mullins who is making 850000 and, you know, hey, Kyle, for whatever reason, let Mullins do whatever you want to do. But you got a guy over here, Jimmy G, who's making twenty five mil, and you got him where you're pulling him back and telling him, hey, only do this, only do that. It's like, why would a coach, you know, allow one player to handle the offense one way, but then have another player handle it the other way. And, and I think that's what's causing the controversy because me, myself, I like the idea of Mullins spreading it out because what it does is it, it sends a message to defense. Guess what? You don't know who I'm throwing to. Okay. Correct. And that's the reason why the defense is befuddled. And I'll tell you something, if they move forward with Mullins, okay, that is going to be the key. Okay to them being able to, 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 to you know, basically uh, challenge the defenses in the NFC West. Now, 
Do I think that's a wise idea? No, I don't. I, I say you, you keep Jimmy G because Jimmy G's been your guy. And, and, and for whatever reason, if, if you feel that you've seen what Mullins has done by letting him loose, maybe it's time you do so with Jimmy G and tell him, hey, man, throw the ball downfield. Because, I mean, you, you have the receiving quarter you need to do so now. This is not a question. They got this kid, Ayuk, oh, my God, he balled out yesterday. Okay, so it's like, okay, right. you know that. Then let Jimmy do what he needs to do. Throw the ball downfield. He's got, he's got so many weapons around him, there's no more excuses. Right. This is zero excuses. And so he's got to let it go, you know. And, you know, I was looking at switching to the other side of the – I want to say other side of the Bay, but to Vegas. The right you know, when you, look, when you look at – yeah, when you look at his car, you know, working the games because, you know, I was the uniform inspector for them for four, four years. You know, I could see that he wouldn't throw the ball to a receiver unless he had three yards around and it was wide open. I saw him yesterday actually throwing – it into tight pockets and making those throws that he used to be scared to do, right? And so it, it, Carr's, Carr's career or his, his gameplay reminds me a lot of Alex Smith. Hmm, you know, it's like, you know, when I look at those two and how they were developed and the different coaching and how many offensive coordinators and head coaches mm-hmm. have come yeah. through, yeah. It's, it's very similar and now, you know, Gruden babied him the last couple of years, but I think they both know it. it's, it's, you know, get it done or go home this season. So Carr's throwing it in there, and he brought receivers to him to be able to do it. So, right, right. you know, you got a running game, you got a passing game. The only thing the Raiders missed, I thought, this past week was they didn't hit the tight end, but once or twice, which that's a big part of their game, you know, you have a tendency of going with what works, and I think they, they're going to end up wearing out on their – Jacob, he's going to get worn down. They can't continue to just boil him over. That one thing about the Niners is they've got four good running backs, and you can put all of them in any situation. You know, I was looking at um, what's the guy's name? Not not the guy from Arizona. Uh, the the other back. He reminded me when he was catching balls out of the backfield. He looked like Ricky Waters. Yeah, Jeff he McKenna. Looked, he, yes, McKenna. He yeah. looked like Ricky Waters when he was catching balls out, and I was like. You know, you know, you start to see these little resemblance of certain guys that can do certain right. things, and then you start to think about what Roger looked like catching the ball out of the backfield for Bill versus what Rathman looked like catching the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So you got that run pass or threat with a running back that can be both. We got tons of weapons. There's no reason why they shouldn't be going down the field every week and just pecking it. Just whether you want to call it West Coast offense or whatever you want to call. You know, give what they take you, give take what they give you, and just keep running with it. Yeah, Kyle's got to let him go. All right, let's talk about Richard. Brought it up. Brandon Ayuk, he got his first uh, start, 100 yards total, his first touchdown. Debo Samuel coming back Wednesday to practice. And when you played the game, and I played the game, we were sort of specialized. You were a cornerback, I was a wide receiver. And Kyle's offense, and I think Richard and I have talked about this in the past. It's more like you're a weapon now. Like, Debo can run the jet sweep. Ayuk ran that jet sweep for a touchdown. So wide receivers these days are doing a lot more besides just running routes and catching passes. And I think with Debo and Brandon Ayuk in there, and Kittle gets healthy, although I love Dwelly, uh, like you said, they have too many weapons for Kyle not to let him go. But with the uh, progression of the game, has it changed as a cornerback? 
you know, it seems like they stay on the same side of the field. You don't go cover the best player. You know, how has the game changed for that quarterback wide receiver dynamic? Man, if I – I mean, what I am seeing and I'm happy to see it is this pre – I'm calling the preseason. This, this season starting out, I'm seeing a lot of corners with much better technique than last year. I yeah. think guys are really working on their technique. For a minute, and this has nothing against Sherman, but you know, Sherman plays, you know, the open technique, kind of bail out of there, and he reads the zones really well, and he jumps stuff. And he's good at doing it because he knows it very well. And it doesn't mean he can't play man-to-man because he does a great job at that too. But you got a lot of guys, when they see somebody have success at doing something, they think they can do it. And there's a lot of guys that were doing that in college and in the pros that was causing them to get beat like drums last year. Right. And this year I'm seeing guys more up in guys' face, challenging them, you know, uh, trying not I, – I see the offense is developing from the standpoint, when I look at it from a defensive perspective, is how the routes are ran. And, and sure, you know this, when you run away from the DB. You know where he's going to be vertically. Right. But when you start going horizontal and taking that – bending that, that, that six route that's almost like uh, opposite side seven – you know, you come all the way across, you run away from the safety, you're stretching the safeties, and the corner's already chasing you, and the other guys ran out of there. I'm starting to see some schemes early, probably more earlier in the season than we've ever seen already because everybody knows this is this was a race to the finish. Mm-hmm. So corners, I just see them playing with a lot more technique. I was watching Diggs and those guys. They There's some guys out there playing with some pretty good technique out there right now. Well, and I think two receivers, we used to run past patterns. Now guys are just getting to an area and turning and getting open in the zone. You know, and I, I would right. always disagree. The Richard covered random man well early in his career. He's done as a man. He got beaten in the conference championship last year and the Super Bowl. So I would move forward with the younger guy. And Jason Barrett had a great game. He had played in three years. Brought him up from right. San Diego. He can play if he can stay healthy. Mosley's in concussion protocol. So we're down to he and uh, – uh, I'm not even sure. Dante Johnson, maybe. So they're pretty thin at cornerback right now and uh, with some pretty tough games coming up. So let me yeah. ask you this, uh, Daryl, because we know that, you know, Father Time is unbeaten. And, you know, Mike brought up the fact that, you know, Sherman should probably go to free safety. But the thing we need to consider is whether or not if Salah is ready, you know, to, you know, have Sherman commit to that because. Sherman obviously does not want to stop playing right now. Okay. He still feels like he's got gas in the tank. Okay. Um, this last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, personally myself, I think that guys should play until they know they can stop. I honestly believe that. And I, you don't get that choice. No, you don't. But I'm saying at free safety, he could still contribute. He could still, he could still. still. <laughs> you, got, you got two guys shaking their head no. <laughs> I, yeah, I get that. I get that. But, but that's the thing. If, if, if for whatever reason, okay. Ask your question. Well, my question <laughs> is, my question is, okay, if he feels like he's still got to tank, okay, and he goes to free safety and he can help these young guys, you think that that's, you know, a smart move on Solid's part? You're asking me or you're asking Shu? Oh, yeah. I already know what yeah. Shu thinks. Shu, <laughs> wait a minute. I mean, shoot, I'm gonna, okay, let's, let's wait a minute. Let's, 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 Sherman's out. Okay, look, Sherman's okay, not on the okay. team anymore. Okay, okay. So let's 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 think about this for a minute. And even when he corners, comes back, I don't start it. 
All right. So let me so let me ask you a question. How many corners actually moved to safety and were successful late in their career? Okay. Good question. Ronnie. No, Ronnie left no. early. Yeah, he it was early. Was corner. Four years yeah, he left early. Yeah. yeah, he left early. Ronnie was playing corner before I got in the league, and when I got in the league, he was already at safety, and he yeah. played my entire career at safety, including yeah, okay. the Jets and the Raiders, right? right. So you got to do that much earlier. I, and, and, again, what really matters with that, too, is what type of linebacking staff you're going to have, you know, guys are you going to have, because you got to have – First of all, rules are changed, so you can't just kill people because, you know, you, you just can't do it right. anymore like they allow, right? So right. the crusher in the middle is no longer there, but you got to have somebody who can come up as well as get back and spread the field. And that route that I just explained, that, that six over, yeah, and not a normal six, but like across. instead of 18 coming across, coming across at 25, that is hard once you clear that corner out. The linebacker is not going to get depth on that backside, and the safety is being stretched. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. That's how the Raiders got beat. No, that's how Dallas got beat by Seattle. Right. That exact same rate, that exact same route. So I'm just telling you, you still got to be able to run. Now, can he run without a whole lot of cutting? That's the determining factor. Mm. Is he going to want to come up and put his head into some things? That's another one. How long does he have to do that? You're, right now, you're looking at Sherman. He's kind of that Roy Jones where he's, you know, he's been knocked out a few times. You don't know if right. I really should take that fight with Mike Tyson right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. And I, I would agree with you uh, on that situation. So, now, <clears throat> their defensive line, I mean, that's that defense is built around. D Ford's out, Nick Bosa. Yesterday, uh, Javon Kinlaw had his best game as a rookie. Several pressures. Kerry Hyder, Jr., six pressures and a sack. Deion Jordan, a sack. So this is what we're talking about with his depth. You lose D4, he's going on injury reserve, it looks like now. And these guys are just stepping up. And, uh, you know, I love what is going on, just the fact that they have, you know, guys that are stepping up, next man up kind of thing, and, you know, maintaining what they have. So you've seen it. I mean, you as a cornerback, you had a pretty good defensive line yourself. How key is that for the secondary to have pressure on that quarterback? It's it's extremely key because – you know, Tim McCarr used to always cry all the time. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm back there covering for four seconds. You're getting all the glory trying to get to the quarterback. You only got a sack because I covered for you. You know, there ain't been a time where, you know, I don't have to cover but two seconds and you're already on the, already on the quarterback. You know, it's like, so it's huge. It's huge. You want a guy to be able – you want your guys – and especially with these mobile quarterbacks, you know, yeah, looking that. at, you know, these guys now, it's – Every quarterback just about, you know, Mahomes, you know, these guys are, you know, who would ever thought Mahomes would be considered fast? You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, he kind of right. waddles when he runs, but he makes it happen. Right. You know, so, you know, there's, there's a dime a dozen quarterbacks out there. There's a, Drew Brees is probably one of the few who don't move a whole lot. I mean, even the, even the younger guys on, on, on all the teams, these guys are moving. They're moving with the ball. Well, and, and that's a, another situation uh, with Jimmy G. You know, there's nine uh, mobile quarterbacks like that in the league right now. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Garoppolo. That, that's kind of a dying breed, that stay-in-the-pocket right. kind of guy. So that's another thing. They don't owe Jimmy anything after this year. You know, so they can let him go with no repercussions whatsoever. And we're not saying we're going there. 
you know, because he right. is a good, solid quarterback. But the future is not that. And I'm not sure, you know, because, you know, like you said, you can cover a guy all day and then somebody like Mahomes or uh, Lamar Jackson just take – if you're a man, your back's turned, they just take off running. Jimmy G's right. not going to do that. Nick Mullins is not yeah. going to do that. So that's another thing the Niners got to figure out. And uh, but you know, I but you know what I like about Mullins? Mullins, Mullins has grit. That's what I like about him. He's, he has that. And he's he, a he gritty quarterback. Yeah. Yes. So. And the other thing is, he doesn't hold on to the football as long, and he gets he gets the ball to the target. So that will make because he's yeah. going to his reach. You're right, exactly. But it also now let me ask you this, Gerald, because. It, you, you know, Mike had talked about, you know, the fact that and, and you, you touched on it, too, the fact that, you know, Shinehan has been using what's been considered, you know, next man up because of all the injuries. We, we got to be realistic. They, they got to use what they got. So but the thing is, the one thing, if, if, if they is he going to continue with this process, you know, of next man up every single game, you know, or is this going to get to a situation where. They're actually going to have a healthy person, you know, for at least two to three games because it just seems like every time somebody steps on the field, somebody's getting injured and it's next man up. And it's like, and, and don't get me wrong, I think that culture of next man up, I think it's kind of refreshing because if you go into opposing teams, opposing teams can't really prepare because they don't really know who's coming. No, it, it, that that is an advantage when you don't know what you've seen, you know. And here's the deal: that's the GM's job. That's so right. If you walk into his you walk into his office, it's a whiteboard. And I don't know if they use magnets or they still using Sharpies, but they write <laughs> up tons of names. And they get wiped, and here comes another one. And someone's getting worked out all week. And what you have to realize is in this, this particular preseason, unlike most, we didn't get a chance to really see live bullets. So right. everybody's pretty much fair game right now. So these new kids coming up that may even been, you know, sheltered or, or hidden – by their college coaches, they're coming in hungry and doing things, and all they got is a little film on them. They got to go let they got to let the dogs loose, right? And that's what you're seeing right now. A lot of dogs are being let loose every week. I see somebody on a team that we've heard nothing about that just automatically shows up and shines. Yeah, and it's a combination of no film, hungry, right? You know, fresh legs and coming at it. You know, so I, the GM's job is going to be the hardest job. Well, no preseason games like we had talked about. That's why you have a lot of injuries early in the season. They're trying to blame MetLife Field. And uh, and Richard talked about next man up. It used to drive me crazy. You and I both started as undrafted free agents. You know, I started my second year, as did you, I think. So I used to hate that term, backup. You know, I used to say, no, I'm not a backup. Because I started three years. I was a third guy for four years. I, I used to say I was available. <laughs> you know, if they needed somebody to come right. in. So, but that's going to be the culture throughout the entire league this year because, like I said, no preseason, no offseason. So it's almost got to be, be like last team standing, you know, health-wise is going to be the key. So, anyway, you know, um, Mike, Niners on Sunday night now, uh, Philadelphia. What do you think? Come home 2-1, two 2-0 and one, two and on a road trip. So uh, depending on who shows up and who can play, you got to like their chances against Philly. Yeah, I think I saw Winch throw a couple of touchdowns, and it seemed like he was brand new out of college. He doesn't. I know. He doesn't look of old. No. Um, and I don't know if it's the guys around him or what it is, but I don't see the confidence that he had before. I think the Niners are blessed with the season they got right now, um, as far as their schedule, and there's opportunity to build even with. Uh, I mean, you think about it. I mean, 
wait a minute. I thought, oh, no, it's the Raiders that are playing Buffalo, right? Yes. Okay. So if you think about the trail that's been on, and they're playing at home this week, right? Uh, the, Niners, the Niners are. The Niners are. Yeah, Niners are at home. Are, yeah. yeah, they're at home. It, I look for them to do something. I, 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 what I wouldn't want to see out of the Niners is I would like to see a quicker start. I don't care if they start – what I don't want them to do, which looked like what the Raiders did last week, is they were reaching their peak too quick. Yeah. They thought they were much better than what they were. And then, we, you know, we saw the egg they dropped, right? I want the Niners – maybe these injuries are making people study and focus a little bit more because right. – you know what I'm saying? It may be causing – it may be forming the diamond that we're looking at. It may be turning this coal into diamond, you know? So, we'll see. We'll see. And about your backup thing, let me tell you about this shoe. Uh, Mike Wilson told me this. He said, DP, he said, they used <laughs> to call you an oh, – yeah, they used to call you an overachiever. He says, dude, you was – he says, you played better than the guys that they drafted. He's like, right. don't ever consider yourself as being an overachiever because that's not what it was. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I knew that when receivers, they would fight to want to get in front of me. Right. You know, because they were going to get honest, hard coverage. So, you know, I mean, we could call them backup, whatever, but to me, everybody in the NFL, once you get to the NFL, everybody's a starter. Well, everybody can play. That, it drives me crazy, too. Like, oh, you get, the Niners can get healthy against the Jets and Giants. Yeah, they're not the best teams in the league, but there's 55 guys on that team that wouldn't be in the NFL if they can't play. Right. And that's why the term any given Sunday came up. Yeah. So uh, it kind of drives me crazy though, like that. So, all right, let's talk a little uh, other sports, NBA finals. Uh, Lakers, Heat, I know you're a fan. So uh, who do you like in that? Man, this is going to be a tough one. Um, I know everybody's favorite is the Lakers. I, it's it's going to be – everybody calls, you know, the, the, the doctor, the philosopher, you know, Iguodala – Let's see what he does with Miami and getting, you know, those guys. I don't – it doesn't seem like they can compete with him on paper. Right. But I didn't think they were going to be able to compete with Boston or Toronto, and they handled both those series pretty – Okay. They step up. <laughs> Daryl, this is where me and Shu are going to be at odds because I told him as much as the Lakers are supposed to win this thing, I honestly believe that Miami's bench is much better than the Lakers bench. I really do. And I think that if they if they push that series to seven, that could be the difference maker. Yeah, now, I agree. Recall, but you know what? Go ahead, D. No, go ahead, Mike. What are you going to say? Now, if you recall, uh, Iguodala won MVP when he shut down Braun. And Braun hadn't forgotten that. <laughs> he has not forgotten that. And Andre, you know, bless his heart, his legs ain't what they used to be. So I got a feeling Braun's going to show Andre Iguodala what the best player in the league looks like, even though I like the Heat in this series. Oh, but you the, do hey, like but, the Heat. Wait a minute. Oh, you like the Heat? Yeah, Wait, I like the you Heat. You like the Heat? Wow. Really? I'm an okay. underdog guy. I'm an okay. underdog guy. Okay. So. Okay. And by the okay. way, Daryl, we do this saying on Game Face every week, and Mike's the one who created this, but he wants me to, every time we have a player. Oh, that's right. Good. He says, he says, you know, we have this question that I ask. And he says, Richard, you ask it. I said, okay. So, the question is. And it, oh, before you ask it, uh, Daryl and I did not play against each other. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but the question is. <laughs> okay. I'm glad he cleared that up first. But the, the question is, Daryl, is this. All the years you played, okay, in the NFL, 
There's always that one player. I don't care who it is, but he always managed to get underneath your skin. I don't care if he was dirty or whatever. Who is that player? Who is that one that, that always he was your nemesis? Maybe he struggled with covering. I don't think there was one. I try to do. Wow, that's different. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, Michael Irving ran his mouth a lot, but if you didn't <laughs> talk to him, eventually he'd shut up. And and he and I had battles. I mean, we had some good. We had some great battles. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not like I was the one that accidentally that. tore up his knee. Was tipping away a ball, but yeah, you know, it was like, you know what? I try to stay even kill because I felt highs and lows could take you out of your game. Right. Yeah. So I was one of those consistent stay on top of it, stay on top of it, because I didn't have the affordability to be able to get beat. And then I was going to stay on the team. I was always the right. option man they were looking to get rid of. Okay. Right. So I wasn't their number one pick. You know what you I mean? So I, yeah. That's something you got to understand is, yeah, there's, there's favoritisms. And I, there was only one time that right after I got a contract that I felt like I didn't have to worry about anybody coming in and taking my position out of seven years, one year in, pre, in a preseason. I ever had, had that feeling. Just one. Okay. So – you know, having said that, you know, it's um, – but I'll tell you, Ryzen was tough. He didn't talk. He was just fast as all get up. And he Andre was the Russian guy. Yeah, Andre Ryzen. Yeah, at, at, uh, at the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Falcons. You know, yeah. he would always run away from me. He was the guy that was always in motion. And by me being a nickel guy during that time, you know, you had to, you had to work with him quite a bit, you know, and shade his side. My, the guy that, that was the hardest person in practice to me, and no disrespect to anybody else, was JT. John, John Taylor. Taylor. John Taylor, yeah. John Taylor. If he's was not with the Niners, all the he would have been a star. Strong. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anywhere all right, else. Uh, real quick. Uh, Alden Smith. He, should be in, he would have been in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Alden Smith leading the league yeah. in sack with four. And uh, wow! And hey, to Alden Smith. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he. Yeah, I'm glad he brought it back too. Yeah, yeah. I am too. I'm, I'm so he's doing it for Dallas, exactly. but I'll accept it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we we run out of time, and we had today the man that in our fan base when he played we called Mister Upholstery. Because there was nobody he couldn't cover. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, wow. before That's right. we go, we, we yep. mentioned Tim McCarry. He called himself the blanket. And right. I called I called him the sheet because he, he was not he was not a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say this much. Daryl, thank you for being on the show with us today. It was a pleasure. And I tell you something, you're welcome to come back on. We'd love to have you on again. And this is Game Face, part of the Bleed Talent Network. We do this every week. And guys, come on. You got to be on this show. Anytime I can get two San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl champions on one show, we must be doing something right here. But if you come on, you better have your Game Face on. Thanks for being with us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.